Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, dairy farmer Stephen Fitzgerald joins us to give his top tips to minimise workload and stress during the spring. But first, Stephen gives a brief outline of his farm. Our farm in here in West Waterford, near Eglish, a reasonably dry area. Um, but the farm is, it's gets going through a massive growth spurt, like a lot of dairy farms over the last 10, 10, 12 years. Like in 2009, 2010, we had 45 cows and we plan to have down 165 the coming spring. And like that's been a gradual increase, kind of 10 or 12 cows every year. Nothing drastic or not no big massive jumps. We thought it was easier to do it this way because it'll give us a chance, give us more breeding space and figure out the large numbers as we're going. Um, a lot of land came up around to buy and lease and that's how we're after being able to do it. But cows, or oh, the cows, we have kind of a, High EBI black and white herds, they're 160 EBI, and the plan is to calve them down first week of February, out of grass as soon as possible, and keep them out of grass as long as possible. Kind of, I wouldn't say it's a low input system, but kind of seven, seven fifty kilos a meal, and try and get five twenty kilos milk solids out of them as easily as possible. That's the kind of where we're coming from. And who is involved, Stephen, day to day on the farm? Well, it's your typical family farm. Say, day was is. We were in partnership, uh, they starting to retire now. So he, like he's been here all his life. I was working, we were working up to four or five years ago and came back and we've been working together. So two of us worked together on the farm full time. And then ma'am helps dad with the calves when there's a big glut of, of calves together. And just it's mainly, it's two of us every day. Mainly, and say. like for the purpose of this discussion, um, you know, we're going to focus on labour management during the spring and how to reduce labour requirements and also stress around this busy time. And you worked with Martina Gormley last year and, and we can see from that that you have quantified your labour input. I suppose if we look at the broad picture of spring on your farm, what do you think the key elements or practices are during that time that make things streamlined? might sound stupid but the simpler things are the easier it is for people to know what to do and and to get on with the jobs at hand uh like next week now once christmas time comes you start getting organized for the calf and have sheds ready have calving jacks calving ropes all just the small little things that they meet might seem like small things at the time but once you start in february there are things to take time and just mainly organisation. And looking then to some some elements of um, your updates from what we've seen on a weekly basis from you, um, you know, fertility and six week calving rate. So I suppose getting a lot of cows calved in a short period of time is something that, you know, you're achieving. Can you talk us through that? What sort of a figure are you at and, and, and how long the calving season lasts? Going back along, we always had a fairly a, a nice herd of cows so we, we started using high EBI black and whites on them and the fertility is after coming through massively. So with less, I'd say with less seven or eight years, we have over 90% calving in six weeks with seven or eight years consistently and no, no problem doing it. But that brings its own uh, problems as well. Excuse me, because you have so many cows calving in such a tight space of time. Um, but the main thing is like being, being organized, having them, having a plan for the calves 
having a plan for everything and following it through. And looking then to, um, I guess, the milking and, you know, you're you're coming from a relatively quiet time in uh, December, January and, you know, straight into milking in um, February. You have opted last year to go for once a day um, for the month of February. Is that something you're going to continue into 2021, Stephen? Yeah, def- definitely. Yeah, We find that it's easier to manage the heifers because they're not coming into parlour twice a day. It gives them a chance to get used to it it's easier for us for a labor point of view and it doesn't affect cell count we we find cows aren't at high volumes of milk and the numbers of cows aren't big enough for it to affect profit or to affect anything else so we find it's a brilliant tool for labor and for ourselves just getting used to things because the first two or three weeks it just takes a while to get into routines and get into everything you know so it just gives us a breather too and kind of warms us up rather than uh, having having to face into milking twice a day. And looking then to um, to grass, and you mentioned that you're calving cows and trying to get them out as quickly as possible to grass. Um, you know, it, you know when when you say getting cows out to grass, when exactly are you targeting to get cows out? And I guess what are the tools that you're using in order to maximise time at grass? Well, the, the main thing is like after the cows calved, after four or five days, they're out part-time if not full-time we try and get out full-time as well as we can so that plan started last autumn when we made sure we had enough we will have enough grass for the springtime and when it comes to springtime then it's down to infrastructure like we've invested a lot of money in roadways fencing and water over the last seven or eight years and that's one of the main benefits and a huge addition it feels like a lot of money at the time but it's after paying off over and over and when it comes to springtime then I'd have two or three paddocks set up ahead of the cows the whole time because you, the weather changes so easily and from day to day you can have different plans and the plan changes you can, you, you're able to change a plan on a whim so small things like that make a massive difference and then, Stephen, a practice that um, I guess was common across a lot of the other farms that were included in the study um, last year um, in in the in the labour measurement was that you know there was a focus to sell calves off farm as early as possible, and ye differ in in this regard in that ye keep um, male calves and you rear them on farm, or I'd say your male calves and your I suppose heifers that are non replacements. Can you tell us more about uh, this? Practice? practice of, of keeping the uh, non-replacements and also then the time that's spent rearing these calves on a daily basis. Yeah, it's we're in a strange kind of situation. We have two out blocks of land and we always there's always beef on the farm. So rather than selling or leasing out that land, we thought we have the time, we have the energy and we're interested in beef. So we rear the calves through to about 20 months. They're either slaughtered or sold at 20 months of age. But there's a huge amount of money and time and work goes into it. And it wouldn't happen only for being organized and having a good plan. And it starts off, it starts off to deny the cow calves. So if whenever cow calves were, the calf has to get three, her three, it's three liters of colostrum. And that we find cuts down the workload down the road because it reduces the score, healthier calves, everything from that point of view. And from there, then the calves are put into groups of 10 we don't have individual pins they're put into groups of 9 and 10 for the first 2 to 3 weeks and then they're put into groups of 45 after that and put on once a day and milk, the calves go on milk replacer after 2 to 3 days once they're all, uh, off transition milk and then we find all these things help the health of the calf and to reduce 
the labour and the work that goes into it. But I look after the cows and Dad looks after the calves always. So I give the calf its first feed and after that then the calves are all, all, they're not my problem, you could, you could say. And so if there's a, if you have an issue with the calves, I'll help him. If I have an issue with the cows, he'll help me. But we have two kind of separate roles. So I focus on the cows every morning. He focuses on the calves. And we, there's no duplication and there's no over and back. And we have two good plans and two of us works very well for both of us. And I guess, you know, you've highlighted a couple of things there, Stephen, um, you know, that, that you focus on that will will pay off in terms of time savings. So getting colostrum in means that, you know, there's a lower incidence of sick calves on farm and then grouping the animals. So, you know, in groups of 10 from the outset and, and then from three weeks on, it's your uh, bigger groups of 45 and milk and feeding them once a day and I guess you know an, an, another point that you make there is I guess you get a, a huge amount of flexibility when you're using powder milk so you know you can feed that any time of day you know to follow on from that point that you talk about um, your role is the cows and your dad's role is is with the calves um and, and no duplication. I, I think that is a theme that we saw from your um, from your measurements and the comments that you sent into um, Martina every week in that, you know, everyone understood what their role was on the farm and therefore there was no duplication. And again, that sounds very simple. It's it's like what you talk about doing the small things and the simple things right. You know, if if it's a case that it's unclear as to what the roles are, there is naturally going to be duplication and, and, and checking and rechecking of jobs. But there's another thing in terms of work organisation that I would have seen from from um from your stuff and in terms of timing of jobs. So, you know, you're going to do particular tasks at a particular time of the day, such as feeding. Can you give us some insight into, you know, the afternoon feeding of cows? Yeah, everything has this kind of time. Like I said, morning is cows and calves. After breakfast, then it's the cattle. And once you come back, then it's feed the cows. Every the cows are fed in the evening time. It's to eliminate jobs in the morning so you know in the morning the cows don't have to be fed you have enough t- things to do in the morning with cows and calves and getting organized so the jobs like putting up reels for grass for the next couple of days jobs feeding out silage making sure there's enough tires off the pit all them kind of jobs just be thinking two or three days ahead the whole time rather than having because the day you need to do something there's always something else happening and that's when things go wrong and things like that things things always things will go wrong anyway but it's just trying to avoid those things and just having a small bit of structure in our day. Like every Thursday and Friday, we'll always aim to have the cabin pins cleaned out, calf houses cleaned and bedded, because Saturday and Sunday then, it's just go through, not go through the motions, but know all essential jobs kind of Saturday and Sunday if possible. And be finished at a reasonable hour is always a, a goal here. Like. And then, to, you know, as you say, the core team is yourself and your dad. What sort of additional help are you engaging with, um, you know, to, to make sure all jobs are done during the spring? The coming spring, we're hoping to get a four-week student. Uh, we were meant to get one last year, but COVID affected that. So hopefully next spring that'll help. But we're only talking at the moment, like, what are we going to do with, with the beef calves going forward? Is it smart to keep as many as we're keeping? So we're thinking of selling some of the Frisian bull calves just to reduce the workload and things like that from a profit point of view and mainly from a work point of view going forward. Um, so if we have the student coming in helping in March, we can't, it's, we're not classing them as labour, but it's additional help we're calling it. 
Um, things like the contractor, we don't spread any slurry ourselves. So we get the contractor in end of January and have all the tanks emptied before the cows start KF. And so that's one less thing to worry about. And just small things like that. Fertilizer, we all spread around fertilizer. So we try and do that at times when we have a chance and things like that. Like, But main thing is the contractor for the slurry and just being well organized around the cows. And going back to the information we have from you last year, we can see in, in February time, you know, you as um, the, the primary person with the cows milked seven times a week. And, and as you moved into March, April, May, you were milking uh, 14 times a week. Is that sustainable or do you see a role for somebody to come in and, and alleviate some of the milkings for you? It's not sustainable long term, but I'm the kind of fella that likes, I, I don't know what you call a control or what, or over the cows. When there's cows, sick cows and calf cows and things like that, I like to be involved and like to see. But going forward, definitely I'm going to have to get someone to help with milking. And another side, we our parlour is slightly too small for the cow numbers we have. So the plan is to extend it next year or the following year. And I wouldn't like anyone else to be doing 12 or 14 rows of cows when I'm able to do them, if you know, that makes sense. And I think that's a, a, a really natural comment, uh, Stephen, in terms of you will see that, you know, even where there's uh, two, three, four labour units on large scale farms, you will always see um, the farm owner or manager will always make the comment. They want to milk the cows at least once a day to see every cow. So I guess a, a totally normal comment. Um, moving on then, Stephen, to... Um, the, I suppose the night time and I guess naturally cows are going to calve at any hour across the 24 hour day um, and you mentioned you know the importance of getting colostrum into calves you know early um, is checking calvings at night something that you're doing during the spring yeah uh, habit we always we always done it and I actually don't mind doing it we, calving generally only goes on for eight weeks here a very sharp reading period and an intense six weeks so overall it isn't it isn't that many excuse me that many nights but yeah uh, once we've uh, cows are grouped for calving or, or, and I go down then in the middle of the night there's generally cows after calving or cows about to calf and I try and feed the calves classroom as soon as possible just it takes time. It might feel like 15 or 20 minutes out of your night, but it's the time you're going to save in two or three weeks' time preventing your scars or your chills and just getting calf health right from the start. We find it's huge. Like mortality rate in the calves is down to one or just 1% with the last five or six years. So, and we find like that's the profit. Like I'd hate to lose a Frisian heifer calf or anything like that. So it's the time. Like we don't know if it's a bull or heifer when you go down. So, every calf gets treated the same and we would same value on every calf. So we've put a huge effort into the, into the calves for them first few weeks. It's a super point you make, Stephen. And I think when we reflect on it, you know, there, there, there is a perception that we will, you know, really focus on, on the health of the, and, and I guess even the feeding and the management of the, the female calves. But I mean, you're an example of, you know, a lot of dairy farms across the country where, as you say, regardless of the the uh, gender of the calf you're you're going to look after them equally the the final point then to touch on Stephen, um start time and finish time what exactly are you doing in terms of start time finish time and then just i suppose a follow on question when you revert to twice a day milking in march are you seeing that finish time is extended out to later in the evening always even when we were going to school 
day I always had uh, thing been finished for six o'clock, been for in for the news and things like that. That was always all year round, and I'm trying to keep that going as well. I've three small lads and things like that, and I don't want to be down trucking around the yard when they're up here and things like that. So I've a plan to be up here at six o'clock before six o'clock all year round. It doesn't work out like that, but. If you don't have the plan and if you don't plan your day around aiming for that six o'clock mark or whatever time you set out, the day will just go on and you. You'll always try and fit in another job before milking or try and do this or try and do that. But if you haven't planned, you won't have an end time. So we always try and finish for four six before six o'clock every evening. And that, that starts in the morning. Like we start in the morning. I start in the morning around half five or quarter to six. Uh, finish milking for eight. Then you've the day to do your jobs and start milking every evening. Then at eight, when we go twice a day to half three, um, and that we just find once you have a rigid time to a degree, stuff always crops up. But as long as you have a plan and a target to be finished and started at a certain time, it generally works out fairly close ninety percent of the time. I'm taking some very practical tips from this conversation today, Stephen. I think, you know, your very first point in in reference to spring labour, getting the small things right and particularly that comment about starting early. So you're looking actually in the month of December, starting to get things prepared for the spring and into January. This is a really good time now. People are three, four weeks out from the calving uh, start date. So, you know, make sure all of the equipment you need is there in the calving shed in the calf shed I mean we, we all know what we need and it's you know the first time you need to use it in the year is not the time to be organising it I think um, your your point on grazing having two or three paddocks set up ahead of you I mean when you're coming out of the parlour at 8 o'clock after milking the cows in the morning and it's lashing rain you know or you know there's a there's a bit of rain that's not the time to set up the reel um you know it's much easier to just open the gate and let the cows off so i think another really really good tip in terms of work organization understanding the roles is a really nice um and, and just a clear picture in terms of what's expected of you on the day on the farm and finally then in terms of calf health and giving calves a good start to life that that getting the colostrum in is key thank you stephen no problem. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Stephen Fitzgerald for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.